Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. I want to take a couple minutes now as we wrap up this wonderful service to just take some time to look into God's Word. So if you can open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm always amazed coming out of these services as I think about the faithfulness of so many people around this place. We have the chance to honor them every year. It's been amazing for me to step in and only having been here a few years to see those who have literally been serving <laughs> triple or quadruple the amount of time I've been here um, in the ministries that they've had the chance to be a part of. And it reminds me of how important this picture of the body of Christ truly is. Every member is vitally, vitally important in the body of Christ. You know, I've had one issue with my car that's happened on occasion, and uh, it's that every once in a while I get that thing that pops up on my dashboard telling me low tire pressure. Many of you have seen that before yourselves and have that little moment of panic where you wonder how low is this tire while you're in the road. And often it ends up being a slow leak. And the problem that can happen when you have a slow leak in a tire is over time the alignment starts to get off because as one tire begins to go down, the other tires have to compensate. And so things start to bend and not work as well. And if you don't get that tire dealt with quickly, it often leads to a lot of other problems. And in actually a very similar way, I've realized that even with my own, the way my own body functions. Because if many of you remember, in the first year that I was here, if you were here back then, I was called the lame intern because I had just torn my ACL and was still recovering from it. And as time went along, if your knee is injured and you keep walking around on it, your other leg starts to compensate and your hips start to compensate and everything else stops working well because of that one issue. You see, when one member of the body suffers, the rest does as well. And we look here today and we've seen so many faithful servants that just give me such a wonderful reminder of what we see here in 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 really deals with those who are using their gifts to serve in their local church. And as Paul was talking to the Corinthians, they had some understanding that they needed when it came to spiritual gifts. They came out of a pagan lifestyle, and for many, they did not understand what spiritual gifts were like. Or they overemphasized some that Paul knew wasn't wise for them to overemphasize. So let's read, starting here in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 3. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give, unto, give to you understanding that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. If I could use the colloquial term this morning, I think of the fact that the body of Christ should function like a well-oiled machine. But really, we know that the body of Christ is not a machine, it's more an organism. It's an institution that works together. So we want to see how we as the body of Christ this morning could be a well-oiled organism. And so as we look at this, we realize that they grew up in a pagan background. He actually, Paul says that they followed dumb idols. Now, if we were reading that in our context, we would think, wow, he's really insulting these idols. But what he's actually saying is that they couldn't hear. They couldn't respond. These idols would not do anything. And these Corinthians who had come out of this background had many directions they could turn. There were hundreds, maybe thousands of idols that they could potentially follow. And every single one of them had something that was appealing. And so they wanted to follow those things. And everything they had learned about their spiritual life or about spirituality came out of this background. 
So in order for Paul to be able to teach them what, what their spiritual life in Christ was like, he had to teach them what it wasn't like. And so in verse 3, he tells them that no man who speaks by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. If there's somebody who doesn't agree that Jesus is the Christ, then that is not true spirituality. Instead, he says that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. And so he had to deprogram them before he then programmed them. So how can we, as the body of Christ, function as a well-oiled organism? First of all, when we understand the nature of spiritual gifts, when we understand the true nature of spiritual gifts. Because first of all, there is a diversity in spiritual gifts. Let's read verse 4 down through verse 6. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. There are a variety of spiritual gifts that are used in the body. In verse 4, he says there are a diversity of gifts or a variety of gifts. There are many different God-given skill sets, personalities, and giftings amongst the body of Christ. Even as you look around this room this morning and you look at everybody who you know here, we are all vastly different people. And God did that very intentionally so that we can all fulfill our roles in the body of Christ. There are a diversities of talents. There are diversities of spiritual giftings. In verse 5, he actually speaks of a difference of administrations. And that is a variety and different opportunities to serve. Not only do we have different skill sets, but we all receive different opportunities where we have the chance to serve. And in verse 6, he says the diversities of operations. And those are the ministries that we have the opportunity to be involved in. This is the outworking of the Spirit in you. God has given you gifts that you use to serve in active ways in the ministries of this, our local church together. There is indeed a diversity of spiritual gifts as we understand the nature of them. We also realize that there is a divine origin of spiritual gifts. And that comes... In the end of all three of those verses we just looked at, because in verse 4, he talks about the same Spirit. In verse 5, he says the same Lord. In verse 6, the same God. He includes all three aspects of the Trinity, but really letting us know that where we get these gifts, that where we get these abilities to serve the Lord does not come from our own willpower or from our own effort, but it comes from the gifting of our wonderful God. And that can give so much meaning to our life. You have a role here. You have a role that you can perform in this body. You are a part of this local body. We need you. You need the church. We all need each other in order for this organism to walk and function and move forward as it ought to. And there's great joy in doing so. When we all embrace our God-given roles and dive in together, there is incredible joy. So there is a divine origin of our spiritual gifts, and there is also a distribution of our spiritual gifts. In verse 7 it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of the tongues. He gives us a pretty decent list of some different spiritual gifts, but Paul actually in his writings does this a few times, and he gives many different gifts. He never intends for the list that he gives to be exhaustive. These aren't the only gifts that we see in the body of Christ, but there are some of them. And all of these are distributed ever so wisely by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we look at this together and we see that there is a distribution of these gifts. But what's interesting is all three of these are actually summarized in verse 11. 
Because in verse 11 it says, But all these, that's the diversity of the gifts, worketh that one and selfsame spirit. He is the giver, the divine giver of those gifts, and dividing to every man severally as he will. That is the distribution. So Paul perfectly summarizes what he says in those first few verses right there in verse 11. Remember that all these, one self, same spirit, severally as he will, every single one of us has a role to fulfill in the body of Christ. So first of all, we have to understand the nature of those spiritual gifts. That's where they come from. Secondly, we want to understand the unity of the body. The unity of the body, and that comes in verses 12 through 14. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. We see together that we are many, and yet at the same time we are one. It says for in verse 12, for the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being mem- many, are one body. That word one comes up 12 different times in this passage. It's incredibly important as we look at this. And a, a really good preacher, a really good teacher, not only teaches you the concept, but then they give an illustration to help you understand it. We could try to give our own illustrations. One illustration you could use is a puzzle. And in a puzzle, you have many different kinds of pieces. And if you miss just one piece, it ruins the image of the puzzle. You need every single one of them. That's an illustration that I could give, but Paul ends up giving us a much better, a much clearer illustration to help us understand uh, what the church is. And he uses this picture of the body. And think about how complex the human body truly is. You have a brain that is your control system. You have a heart that every, every cell of your body depends on that one muscle. You have a digestive system. You have lungs that help you breathe. You have skin that protects you and heals you. You have internal organs. You have every muscle, organ tissue, hair, strand of DNA. Every single piece of you contributes to the functioning of your whole body. And what we realize together is that so is the case with Christ's church, the spiritual body. We are many, there are many different parts of this body, but together we are one. And every week when we have the chance to come together and worship, we can see just a little picture of that oneness. We also see that we are different, but we're united. Because in verse uh, verse 13, he talks about the difference between Jews and Gentiles, or those who are bond and free. What he's basically saying is it doesn't matter what your upbringing is. It doesn't matter how different you might be. It doesn't matter what your social class is. Every single one of us is a part of one body, no matter how different we might be. And so there are so many ways that we can be excited about this together, but we are all a part of one body because verse 14 tells us there, for the body is not one member, but many. And every person is important. The body of Christ can be a well-oiled machine when you understand the nature of spiritual gifts, when you understand the unity of the body, and thirdly, when we understand the need to embrace your role. And that comes in verse 15, and I love the picture that Paul uses. He starts having different aspects of the body talking to each other, which doesn't make sense because none of them are mouths. But in verse 15, it says, If the foot shall say, Because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleaseth him. 
I remember there was a student at camp when I was working uh, at staff at a camp one summer. There was a student who came to me and he was deeply burdened because it was a ministry that he really, really wanted to do in his church. And he was bringing before me, he says, my pastor won't let me do it. He's like, I think I'm gifted in this. And as he's talking, you're thinking, I think I understand why that pastor said what he said. <laughs> and the pastor was trying so graciously to lead him in other directions, saying, you know what, that might not be your gifting, but you would do really well right here. And he kept trying to funnel the student this way. And so we had the opportunity to partner with him and help him realize that he did have an important role in the body and he should listen to the example of his pastor. You see, every single one of us has a role. We have a purpose for being a part of our local church body. And it's so important for us to do that. We, in this picture, he looks at the eye, and the, and the eye says, or an ear looks and says, because I'm not an eye, I am not a part of the body. So is it not a part of the body? It's almost as if the ear looked with jealousy and said, I wish I would do that role. I would like to do that. And yet, you see that it really indeed is an important part of the body. And just because it wasn't doing exactly what it wanted didn't mean it was no longer a part. One of the funniest stories I have with my cousin uh, from elementary school, we were playing a game at recess. I wanted to do something he didn't want to do. All these memories of my childhood are probably why I'm a children's pastor, because I can remember all this. But I remember at this one recess, I played a game he didn't want to play. And he says, you know what? You're not my cousin anymore, and ran away. And that was kind of a funny thing to say because he was still my cousin whether he liked it or not. That wasn't something he could change. And in the same way, every single one of us is a part of this body. We all have a role to play. And so this, uh, this, this member looked at another member and said, because I'm not that, in verse 15, the foot says, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, behold, I am not the eye, I'm not a part of the body. Is it not a part of the body? And obviously the answer Paul intends is yes. Of course it is a part of the body. And every single one has a different role, but it is vitally important. And the Spirit delegates specifically and strategically so that every member of the body can thrive. So we see the body of Christ can be a well-oiled organism by understanding the nature of spiritual gifts, the unity of the body, and understanding the need to embrace our role. And lastly, we see that under by understanding the importance of every member. Because in verse 21, it says, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor can the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are members of the body of Christ, and members in particular. So now, rather than having one member of the body look at another and say, I wish I had that role, we now have a member of the body looking at another member and saying, we don't need that part. That part is not nearly as important, and we need to realize the value of every single member of this body. Do we ever have a moment where we walk across the foyer and we find a creative way to avoid somebody? <laughs> Although our foyer makes it tricky, but is, do we ever have those moments where we find ourselves like, hmm, I better not walk that way? We are all members of the same body. We should all find that unity together. And if we have ought against each other, we come together and we figure it out. And we walk together after reconciling. All of those things are so important. No members are useless. And first of all, no members really are superior. Because the eye looked and says, 
We don't need that member of the body. I'm pretty important, but that member is not. And no member of this Christian body is superior to anyone else. No members also are superfluous or useless or insignificant. In verse 22, he really takes the moment to talk about the fact that those members which seem more feeble are the most necessary. Sometimes we look too often with the eyes of this world as we look around this place. We look and we want the people who we are most on the same page with. We want those who we like the most. And yet there are members of this body that God has chosen to use the weak things of the world to confound the wise. And in this passage, he tells us that if there was any member that we were ever to look at and say they are insignificant, we should tell ourselves in our mind, no, they are the most important part. And so that is what he wants us to realize, that no members of this body are insignificant. And no members should be ignored. In verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Have you ever stubbed your toe? Especially right when you wake up in the morning, you're walking around and all of a sudden, just because while well, you're still in that groggy mood, you stub your toe. Let me tell you, your whole body feels that moment. In the same way, the body of Christ, when one member suffers, we all suffer together. And we help each other through those times. Every single one of us should feel those moments together. And so as we close out this morning, and as we've honored so many faithful servants, we realize that every single member of this body is important. Even last week, we all had some tearful moments as we saw families that we loved as they move away. That is exactly how it should feel when we lose a member of the body. The body of Christ is so important, and it can be a well-oiled organism by understanding the nature of our giftings, by understanding the unity that the body is supposed to have, by understanding the need to embrace your role, and by understanding the importance of every member. And so today, as we honor those who were wonderful examples of exactly what this chapter is talking about, may we all embrace our role in this body in order to help it function and move forward as it ought. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org or check us out on Facebook. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.